What's good, y'all? This is Robert Jackson. Thank you for watching the podcast. And, um, yeah, what a lovely intro. So, today, um, <laughs> and this is kind of the first podcast, um, prayerfully post-COVID. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't been checking out my socials, I ended up getting the Rona, which, um, uh, yeah, that was fun. But, regardless, um, I'm getting better, and, uh, my voice doesn't sound like crap. So, that's, uh... That's an improvement. We're on our way. Yeah, that's, we're already off to a wonderful, you know, making some progress and recovery. But anyways, um, you don't care about that. You just care about what this podcast is going to be pertaining for, pertaining to today. So, um, I've done this before, but it was kind of outdated and yeah, like I never really had the time to post like, uh, the interview that I did, which seems to be a recurring theme here, but today, um, we're going to be chatting with, um, two, um, people who are, we're, we're going to be chatting with two crew members of this animation that you might have heard of called Checkmate. So we're going to be chatting with Vex and Lynn and Caden Alexander. What hello, do you, hello. what do you two? Yeah. Hi. How's it going, you two? Hi. Uh, it's going pretty good. Just it's going good. Yeah. Casual day. Casual day. It's going up. It's, it's yeah. going. It's, it's. It's going. Mm -hmm. It's going. Yeah. Yeah. So, what up? So, yeah. Would you like to, I guess, do a little bit of introduction and just, yeah. So we can, just a little bit of an icebreaker so we can get to get acquainted with y'all. Um, okay. Cool. Sure. Uh, yeah, Caden, you want to go first? Um, all right then. I, I guess I can go first. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, since you don't want to. Um... <laughs> Uh, my name is Caden Alexander. I am an amateur voice actor and uh, streamer. I've been live streaming for years and I've been voice acting for years. And me, I'm a, one of the co-directors and one of the voices in Checkmate the Game of Life. I have been, uh, we've been working on it for about, was it like two and a half years now, Vex? <sighs> yeah, um, a long it, it's, time. Feels like it. <laughs> it's, it's. Not easy, you know, it, it, it's, it, we kind of started it from nothing and it's, it's really grown into well a full-fledged project we have a full trailer out we've we've worked our worked our butts off on um a lot of stuff for yes. it. and we're still working very very hard on it which is why it's pretty exciting to you know be able to uh talk about it now mm -hmm. all right and with that leaves it to be my turn hi my name is vexen or uh, vexen lynn for full just vex for short i use they them and uh, i'm the director or the co-director uh, as well as <laughs> ah, my words i'm the co-director for checkmate as well i also direct for a, a series called silver symphony i do some voice acting here and there but i'm not currently in any projects i do voice i have been voice acting for a good few years now um but honestly i just do it for fun i also do some youtube on the side as well as some streaming not too active but i'm hopefully trying to get more into that soon once yeah. all the real life stuff uh starts I'm able to find that balance between everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's we all got to the balance. Yeah, we all got to start somewhere. Mhm. Mm yeah, so with that said, um yeah, I usually ask like how did you get into da -da 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 -da? but um I guess for with you two in particular, um like has this always been something that you wanted to do like um like when it comes to creating projects, VO, um, just anything that you're doing right now, like um, 
So how would you, what would you say, um, like, did you have like other career paths that you were, um, like you thought about doing, but prior to starting, you know, this project or just for you in general, or what would you say, how would you describe your little background origin story, so to speak? Uh, I like this yeah. question. That's probably one of my favorite questions to answer. I'll go first here. Um, I have yeah. always been a singer at heart. Um, ever since like, literally my second grade play, I played Jack's mom and Jack and the Beanstalk, the musical. It was amazing. I was the most sassiest kid there and I learned every single part. No joke. Every single part I learned because I was just that into it and I kept on doing musical theater for the longest time. So musical theater was my original path, but then I found everything online and I realized I don't want to be that active of a person physically. <laughs> Obviously still keeping myself in shape, but uh, it was also this the thing that really inspired me to like start doing things creatively was this one little uh, performance group that came to our elementary school all the time and they would always perform the most funniest of little one-shot plays of nursery rhymes and stuff like that like um the emperor's new clothes that was the one that really inspired me the most it was such a funny little skit when i was younger and actually being able to like do that stuff now whether it be behind the microphone or on the stage that's what is really inspired me throughout all these times it's it's nice to finally be the person who's creating those things whether it be voice acting directing writing or even drawing which i semi do i don't really know not anymore but um i i've always just been a creative person and as soon as i found online vo it kind of just struck a chord with me and i'm just like oh i like this a lot more i'm gonna keep doing this because for a while i thought i wanted to be a drama teacher but this is probably what I want to stick to doing. It's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for, I guess that makes it my turn. Mm -hmm. um, as for me, um, I've always, I, I do kind of fall into that, that category of always kind of having been a creative kid um, and always kind of trying to be funny as a kid was one thing with me. And when you, you can kind of tell, cause I, I, I'm always, I'm always making jokes even as an adult. Um, yeah, Vex can attest to that one. Um, <laughs> but I think the first kind of exposures that I got to online voice acting was in the world of things like abridging and things like Dragon Ball Z abridged, you know, it kind of inspired a lot of people, I think. But, um, one of the first things I, one of the first, uh, um, kind of points into it for me was, um, me and friends trying to do impressions of some of the characters and some of the bits from from that series and how much we really enjoyed it and bonded it over especially in high school and stuff and this kind of idea of like wow you can you know you can do this kind of work online because like the idea of being in in voiceover work was always cool to me but i had no idea how you even really got into it when i was a kid i was like how do you you know get a job like this and with people like Team Four Star, they just put their work out on the internet and enough people really liked it, they became successful off of it. And I thought that was awesome. I thought that was amazing that you could just, you they just did what they really enjoyed and they got really good at it as time went on. And so I think the idea of, of being able to 
do this kind of work online especially has always been really cool to me and then um eventually i got into things like live streaming i mean like i've kind of gone back and forth between wanting to do um because i really enjoy writing for the series it's like one of my biggest things with um with checkmates i love writing and i love creative writing i i thought about like if i want to be mainly a writer or mainly a voice actor and i think i really enjoy both of the things and i also really love uh live streaming so there's all these different kind of career paths that I kind of look at. Even now, I'm kind of like, I'm not entirely sure exactly which one would be kind of like the biggest thing for me, but I kind of just want to keep like a balance between all of them, I guess. I kind of just want to keep a balance from like, sometimes I'm writing, sometimes I'm acting, sometimes I'm just kind of entertaining people by playing games and, and being a bit silly. And I don't know, I, I really like that. I think it's kind of always where I've been headed ever since I was a kid. So it kind of just kind of just feels like it makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of a similar story to me in a way, because um, because I've said this before on in like past episodes, but I've always loved creative storytelling. Um, that's actually how I got interested into voiceover. And then, it, yeah, like I'm pretty sure all of us have had that story. So <laughs> would we just kind of watch or just, I don't know, read or play something and <clears throat> All of a sudden, it just kind of like something just sparked in our minds where it's like, um, oh, my gosh, wait a minute. There's like, wait, people do this as a job? What? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> There's so always like that little yeah. moment where you're like, wait a second, oh, you can do this for a living? This could be yeah. your life? If they could do this, I could do it, too. Oh, my gosh. Like, so bingo. Cool. Yeah, being a weirdo that I am, this is perfect <laughs> for me. Let's go. Yeah. The so, outcast revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's revolution. uh yeah. Revolution. But yeah, that's kind revolution. of revolution. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Revolution. Yep. Uh <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So that's pretty much how I got interested into like, you know, doing all of this stuff, like whether it be with writing, um, voicing, doing podcasts like this, which um Funny enough, this never even, like, I thought this wasn't really something that I would, you know, this was going to really pick up the way it did. But, yeah, this is just something that I do for fun, just like anything else that we do. And we're eventually going to turn this into a career and um, and hopefully make a living off of. Mm -hmm. But, and having fun. That's yeah. the most important thing to do. That's the, so, that's the big uh, thing yeah. is avoiding the... Uh the usual job grind, being able to do something that you really love to do for a living is like, that's kind oh, of, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Jobs. Mm. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looks at my 50 hour work week. <laughs> oh yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. at least, yeah, at least we were able to make this work today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said, once again, after delays and you know, whatnot illness, yeah, but yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it kind of, I think I'm noticing that like, uh, yeah, and you know, something that's really fun for the podcast is that, uh, as you can see with Vex and Caden and myself, um, we're all just big, big nerds of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you see my, my hero stuff back there. You see my, my musical theater playbill. Play I see there. a lot of Sonic behind you as well. Hell yeah. Yeah, I also got signatures from VAs that you can't really see very well. But yeah, yeah. I just saw one when you leaned over. I saw Keith Silverstein looking at me. I was like, hey! Hey, oh, yeah, Silverstein! Right 
Yeah. Awesome. Look at his. Oh, look at his handsome. Team. Look at his handsome, handsome man. face. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. What I a wonderful a guy. Case next to me, right behind me. Even though I don't play guitar anymore, that guitar right there has has been hotel painted all over it. You can also see. Ooh. I think in mine you can see like that little black box is a Bloodborne figure, and then you have Venom right down there. You see his face. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man. So as you can tell, we're all big nerds. So um, this is something that. Yeah, the part of the podcast is that like we like to indulge and geek out about pop culture. That's pretty much what I do for what I have guests on, whatever they talk about, like, I don't know, Marvel or DC, that we kind of just um, go off topic and then just start talking about that, um, which can be fine, because it's not going to be like one of those podcasts where it's just kind of like, uh, let's see, uh, Okay, question uh, one, da, 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 da. so question two, like, it's not like it's, like, I just wanted to make this worse, like, um, it's not, it doesn't feel scripted, but it's more like, hey, we're just going off the cuff, and we're just improvising. Those are always along. the, those are always the best kind of podcasts, in my opinion, the ones that just feel like yeah. a natural conversation between people. It's, yeah. Those yeah. work really nicely. <laughs> Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell it's like, okay, uh, so what's your uh, thing? Da, 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 da. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking on anybody in particular, but it's kind of like, you know, it kind of does get boring when you have to follow a structure, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of me. Um, oh, and um, not sure if you can also see very well, but right behind me is my booth. <laughs> nice. I love that. I love that. My I just off the side. Yep, I just scream and just, me. <laughs> yeah, I just pretty much do whatever in there, like, um, I haven't really been doing it as much lately because, well, you know why, but, <laughs> yeah. um, little Miss Rona, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, like, oh my, <laughs> yeah, but really I guess, <laughs> yeah, I just do like, yeah, trust me, a lot of my friends just also do this valley girl, like whenever I'm at call oh with them, they just do like, oh my gosh, oh they my just God. do that. Okay, yeah, we're as, gonna... someone, as someone who grew up in the valley, I have the best impression ever. Mm. Come on, hit us. Yeah, come on. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, my poodle does not deserve to have black nail polish. It needs pink nail polish. <laughs> That is some Pacifica Northwest <laughs> energy right there. I know. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Since you got one of those posters in the background, that has some serious Heather energy. <laughs> yes. Heather's. Are we yeah. going to have a problem here? You got a bone to pick? pick? I come so far. Why now are you pulling on my mitt? Get the sassy yeah, yes. energy. Yeah, but uh, speaking of which, uh, so yeah, um, I guess this is sort of like a segue into the next question, which is, um, so, um, since we are now two years into this thing, um, how would you say that, like, um, yeah, I, that's what I'm just going to say, refer to this podcast. It's a thing now, apparently, the new normal, I guess, but, um, how, um, so, like, I'm not going to say, how are you holding up to, in the midst of all of this, <laughs> but more like, um, so how would you say that it had changed, like, I guess, the work ethic and just, you know, um, how you're pretty much doing your own thing on the internet and whatnot. Oh, it's changed a lot. It's yeah. changed a lot. Before, yes. you know, the thing and, you know, since we're still into the pandemic, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. 
Yeah. Before, Out of curiosity. Before we actually, like, cast all of our VAs, which, might I mention, we have an amazing cast. Incredible shout cast. Out. Yeah, we'll shout give out shout-outs to out everyone in the cast. Yeah. Oh, we but, yeah, we'll, um, yeah. Before we actually cast all of our VAs, work was painfully slow. And oh, yeah. it was mainly because of my lack of leadership. I didn't know, really know what I was doing when I first started Checkmate. I just literally, my post said in the server was, hey, I want to start a project for fun. Who wants to join me? All I have are the pictures of the characters. Yeah. Aiden was like one of the first people to be like, oh, project? Fun fact, I wasn't even a co-director when I came on. Uh, that was, I think I became mm -hmm. co-director like a year into the project, maybe yes. more. Uh, um, as soon as I finally got that extra help as a co-director, we did have a co-director before this, but they had to leave the project for personal reasons. Yeah, nothing we need to get into. Nothing we need to get into. Yeah. But um, ever since adding Caden onto the project, I finally realized that I need to take a big step forward into what I was doing to make this project work. And it made me just feel like, okay, we're doing this. We're about a year into the project. We've got character designs. We've got a set. We got an art style, and we're about to post. Uh, we're about to post the castlet. Not the castlet, but we're about to post the casting call. We got to get my stuff together. Yeah. And well, the casting I... call was a little like our first casting call was back when we still had our old co-director, and oh yes, um, yeah, I, I remember because um, yeah, but um. I think one of the things that really kind of kicked things into gear was when we got the cast in and when yes. we kind of we, we had um, all of these people and people who were really who joined it and were really willing to help. I think one of the the big ones I, I know Bex is going to agree with me here is uh, Patrick, who mm -hmm. uh, our voice of, of Mason, who's been a huge oh, help yeah. throughout the project. I mean, he helped us with casting for the second round of of casting calls. Mm -hmm. um, he was a huge, huge help for that. Yeah. And he he's been just an enthusiastic friend to to everybody, and he's been great. And everybody has, but everybody's been really friendly. Um, yes. But I think it was one of the things that when we got voice actors in, and we're like, okay, we have a cast of people. We really need to start working on getting the script done, so we can we can have we can put them to work, so they're not just sitting in a server. Like, so when do I get to do something? <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. we we finally realized that we had to like put our foot down and be like, oh, we have stuff to do. Gotta get to work. Gotta get it done, because we wanted to give them a purpose. We didn't just want them to sit there and kind of wait for everything to happen. Yeah. When like there's no leadership going on, and I think I think it also came into the uh, I think what also helped me jump into the perspective of I need to start getting my stuff to. Ooh, excuse me of i need to start getting my stuff together was uh my current job that i work at i won't say but i like actually like being stable in my uh in my irl job versus my online job it helped me realize a lot like there's a lot i need to do here yeah <laughs> so it kind of just put me in the perspective of like okay time to adult let's go yeah i think that one of the other things was like as we went and we did stuff like writing and scripting out the trailer. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of work put into that. I mean, the trailer had more work put into it than it should have. Um, because we had to re-edit the entire thing at one point. Yeah. Um, 
we had several scares with the trailer, specifically one where uh, Vexen's computer uh, completely broke. And yeah. they thought that they completely lost the trailer file. Mm -hmm. And it was still up on Google Drive. We were able to we were able to salvage it. But we had a huge yes. scare with that. And we had this whole kind of like there's so much work that we put into that trailer alone. And it's like we need to do this for an entire like 20 to 30 minute long episode. Mm -hmm. dear god that is a lot pray for us <laughs> my god it's one of those things that you don't really think about like the animation side of the editing side of the sound mixing side of it i think when you know a lot of people who don't work in in this kind of field don't really think about that stuff a lot mm -hmm. when watching stuff like this like a lot of fans and stuff but it like i remember sound mixing that trailer and being like okay i need a sound effect for somebody sitting down on a couch what do I do? What do I do? What? And yeah, you know, it gets to that kind of that kind of point where you realize how much work it really is going to be to make this thing work. And you kind of go, okay, we need to really put this effort in because we want this to work. You know, we want mm -hmm. this to be a really cool series. I'm just personally like when it when it came to editing that trailer just to kind of backtrack a little bit onto the trailer it's holy guacamole <laughs> that was like the most terrifying guacamole. experience i have to censor myself okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm using my i'm using the curse word the curse words that i use at work right now yeah but it was people don't realize for the most part that editing is probably the most terrifying part of the entire process. It's not the oh, scripting. Yeah. It's not the directing the voice actors. It's not telling the artists how to draw. It's the editing the video. Yeah, That's the most terrifying part. Making all these different pieces come together and fit into one is like literally probably the hardest job. Yeah. <laughs> In my personal opinion as a director. Yeah. Oh. I mean, one of the things about it is just the... Like, it's one of the reasons why, like, in movies and stuff, I have so much respect for, like, really well-edited film. Because it's, like, mm -hmm. knowing when to cut around stuff and even just basic stuff, it is really hard. And there's a lot of decisions to make. I mean, we when we redid the trailer, um, we didn't have the project file anymore. It was basically a case of we had to take the original cut of the trailer and just take out the audio and redo it completely uh, because we needed to get new music. Um, and it was just it was hours of um getting the sound effects right getting the voices right i actually re-recorded lines for it while i was sick um uh, that was a bad idea it was horrible it was a horrible idea. but it wow. sounds good yeah. in the end it sounded amazing it did amazing I'm surprised we have as many views and likes on it as we do. But I'm surprised. I'm just... Wow, sick! Wow. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. with the voice I that I do that for before. the. Yeah, especially the voice I do for it is really intense on the throat. It's it's. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised I can still talk. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, same here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, voice acting one hundred and one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah. Um... Don't don't. Don't do what I did. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Terrible idea. Terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, try recording. Like, this was, there was one time that I actually had to do lines for, like, um, 
actually, no, I think it was a podcast before where, I mean, I did a few interviews while sick. Um, there was one time that I, yeah, for some reason, I still somehow pushed through. But one time, um, and like, seriously, uh, you okay, Kaden? Yeah, I think I just saw something in my teeth. Do you mind if I go check something real quick? Okay, sure. Oh. Yeah, I, I, need, I need to just, you guys can keep going. I'll, I'll be back in just a sec. Okay. okay. Yeah, but there was one time that um, I did one podcast interview, and uh, yeah, I think, like, the reason why we couldn't do this last week is because if I did this, then, like, um, yeah, I would just not be in the best shape, like, physically and, um, like, mentally, because, um, like, it was, I don't even remember which one it was, but um, I got really, really sick, and um, my voice was super scratchy um yeah. and i had a high fever too and uh, my throat was just yeah, yeah it was just really bad and um, yeah. i think um if you go back and watch like i said i don't remember which one it was but if you go back and watch it you could just like everyone else sounded good but i just was just yeah it sounded like you were choking on a popsicle stick not that i sounded like somebody was like literally like uh was grabbing my throat and then they were like um chug like you know you know like what's that it's almost like they were just um gargling i was like gargling like i don't know just um uh some Flem? spicy flam yeah it pretty oh. much it did feel like that so um yeah, that's exactly how my voice sounded like back then but now it's um like i said healthy and i'm you know keeping myself safe and protected and healthy and stuff so yeah mm -hmm. um yeah because I, yeah. I, I myself personally i've gotten sick with the rona like two times and it is oh man terrible yeah i agree absolutely oh, yeah. awful. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, so i, I laid in that bed. bed for 72 hours straight and did not get up once you were That's on one of my happened. streams when you had covid i remember that you were just coughing up a storm that was oh, my end of my covid yes but yeah. during like the middle of it that bed was literally i did not leave yeah that is weird oh my god the reason i left incidentally was i saw like and i did this i saw a little black spot in my teeth and i thought i might have a giant cavity back there oh. and i was like i was like oh. what the hell it's actually just a space between where my teeth don't quite meet i think mm -hmm. um okay <laughs> I, I went into the bathroom i was like holy is there a cavity? I was like, no, there isn't. Okay, that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd like to keep my teeth. Um, I spent years in braces. I'm not losing them now. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yep, trust me. Um, the virus is no joke, trust me. Oh, That's bad. all I can say about it. Yeah. My whole family got it. Like, my brother came over here, and he had it, and he was coughing everywhere. And then my dad got it, and my mom got it, and then I got it. And we were all stuck inside for, like, a week solid. Yeah. Just coughing and just wanting it to, to end. They are just like, oh, my yeah. God, this That's sucks. That's pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, I know my mom and I are both still positive, so we're just waiting until we just test negative, and then we could just, you know, yeah, yeah, just my dad not is still be coughing. He has like a lingering cough. It's it's terrible. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it kind of. I mean, I'm still having a lingering cough, but um, it's not really as frequent, like as yeah. of right now. It's not really too bad, but yeah, just important lesson, everyone. Just please, just keep yourself protected stay safe and just yeah stay healthy please yeah. that's all i can say and hydrate but anyways 
Uh, I think this may have to be, there's probably going to be a part two. So yeah, I think um, we'll just move on. We'll just get to, you know, how the whole project came to be in the next part. But for now, um, yeah, let's talk about, you know, your favorite things, because I know we were talking about like, you know, like Sonic and My Hero and musical theater. So yeah, just talk about just what are some of your favorite things like in all media in general? Caden, you look excited. Let's, I was, was going to say, I, actually, I just spied that you have a Master Roshi shirt on. Like, hell yeah. Yeah, I picked this out myself. <laughs> I actually, this was like non-intentional that I was going to be wearing it for this podcast. But hey, you know, I I feel like I like to dress for the occasion, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, your favorite things. Next, you go first. <laughs> okay, fine, I guess. Um, I guess currently my favorite thing is I'm like super obsessed with like um Tower of Fantasy and Genshin Impact right now. Um, yeah, that. go ahead, <laughs> smile all you want, Kaden. Judge me all you want. <laughs> okay, but let me mention. Let me mention. I don't spend money on the games, not right now, at least. I know that's a lie. I said not right now. I'm not spending any. Money I know on you the spent game. money on Genshin. I, know I have spent money on Genshin. I how will much admit you that. On Genshin okay. Again? How much? Shut up. Man, you don't even rip Vex's wallet. So. <laughs> you don't even know. Rip, rip well, your wallet. You don't even know that number. I was gonna. Say, I would be really concerned if you didn't know it. Like. Like more than you could possibly imagine. I know the number, okay? I just don't want to share it. Okay, just, yeah. So what you're saying it's probably is a lot. too high. Just it's a lot. That's all we'll say. Just imagining now, Paloma could be listening to this and starts making a meme of just, like, vexing in <laughs> Yeah, that probably would be oh, what's going to happen. Next Paloma's in my stream chat, I'm pointing her to this exact point in the podcast i'm gonna get a time code and everything no, yes i'm just gonna be like hey if you want to watch this um i'm just gonna put a time oh zone and we'll just yeah if you only and have time for one part of the podcast it's this part right here yeah we just talk about a lot of boring stuff this is really <laughs> the only funny part <laughs> <laughs> but anyway okay, but no. yeah my favorite things right now are Tower Fantasy and Genshin, just because I genuinely like playing those games. They're just fun. They're nice little time passers. And it, weirdly enough, the daily missions in Genshin have helped me get into a nightly routine. Like, I do I do my dailies on Genshin. Maybe a quest. If I have time for it. And then myself up, and then I go to bed. That's like... Oh, no. You froze up a little bit there. Yeah, you're currently stuck on. Oh, yeah. I thought I was the only Oh, there, there you're back. You're back. You're, you're back. back. Okay, I thought it was the... I thought it was my connection. Okay. This... okay. Yeah, it was it was Vex's. I thought um, it was my connection. They've been having even having a my little internet a few... connection is unstable. I yeah, it is it this. is not yeah. it is not great. But anyways. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what are my favorites right now. I think um Vex already probably knows what my favorite series is when it comes to games, which is uh, the work of From Software, Dark Souls, Elden Ring, mm -hmm. Bloodborne. Love them to death. They're some of my favorite games in the world. 
And then I've recently been playing through the uh, remastered version of Spider-Man on on PC, which Vex actually gifted to me. Yes. Um, nice. Which was very fun. I, I, I'm real big on games. I play a lot. I played Tower of Fantasy uh, like once. Um, I don't know if I'll play that again. Um, I think you should. Nah, I probably won't. Um, it's as I like it more than Genshin in terms of gameplay. I think it has better moment to moment gameplay, but I don't think it's anything that I could see myself sinking like a lot of time into. I think it, I mean, it might be sort of like with Genshin, where like I got into it for a little bit and I played it for like a month, and then I was like, okay, uninstalled, never playing this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I think I just forgot to update. It was sort of like with with um when I had my little Warzone phase where I was playing COD Warzone and I was like, oh man, this is really fun. And then it was like, okay, the updates are 20 gigabytes and I I don't feel like sitting and waiting for them again. It's not good enough to justify the amount of space it's taking up on my hard drive. So I'm just getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. The game is like 100 gigs. It's ridiculous. It has no reason to be that big. I think it's currently down to like 90. It's like a 90 gig install for just a BR. It's ridiculous how much because the the shader packs that they release they release like shader updates that are like fifteen to twenty gigs every time. What that that should be an optional thing for you to be able to download. No, that they're required be- to run the game for some reason, and like I think at its maximum it was like a hundred and twenty gigabytes. There are hard drives smaller than that. Who thought at Activision that that was a good idea? Jeez. Like whoever built their game engine needs to be fired immediately. <laughs> like, Ugh. what are you doing, Activision? Ugh. Yeah, I could I could rant about that for days. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, that would be that would be quite a rant. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, um, my favorites are like I just like Nintendo stuff, like Smash Bros, Mario. Uh, which I'm kind of surprised I don't really have a lot of posters featured here, but I actually really do like the Mario series. Um, like Mario Kart, Mario Party, kind of the games where that just kind of ruins friendships. <laughs> you know yep. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Oh, Mario Zelda, a legendary. Pokemon. Yeah. Honestly. And of course, Sonic. Um, let's see. I think that's it. Um, to this day, I've yet to play Genshin. Um, I will someday. Um, definitely someday <laughs> yeah time am i right so yeah um yeah i guess this is gonna be the end of part one so stay tuned for part two coming shortly and i'll see you guys in a little bit hey bye Woo. all right <laughs> so before we actually get started um we're just posting some memes but now it is time to talk about stuff again so yeah um real quickly let's just shout out some vas because it's oh, that yeah. time of the podcast yeah let's go oh, oh this is my, my favorite, favorite part. part okay oh my god everyone deserves it like i can't think of like i already mentioned patrick just being amazing patrick Mealy, yes. just patrick a good Mealy old is just a awesome wonderful human being cinnamon a, boy himself tr- the guy's a cinnamon treasure bro. Yeah. I he mean, is. the the amount of help he's given us on marketing and on uh, casting people. Like, I remember doing the second round of casting and he just pointed out like, oh, hey, you know, I know this person. They're really cool. And, you know, mm-hmm. as well as helping us say, oh, you know, 
don't make sure we got a few auditions from people who, you know, are we probably that we probably shouldn't hire because they have they've done X, Y, and Z, and he's just, he's been such a help. The dude is a class act, like seriously. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so I, I I got the list of all of our VAs pulled up here. So I'm just going to go down the list because they are absolutely amazing and such a sweet and fun cast to work with. They are all lovely. Like everybody is is great. Yes, we have Elizabeth Ryan, who is our amazing voice of Jenna. Uh, she is an absolute sweetheart, has given so much advice in the VA chat just to like other VAs or to me, to me and Caden when we were just little baby VAs back then. <laughs> Yeah. Little baby videos. Little babies. Little babies. And she's just had an absolute sweet little. She's just an absolute sweetheart. And then we have Belle. Oh my goodness, Belle is probably yeah, my homie. Amazing. Great. Belle is yeah. absolutely. Uh, he he he's a pleasure to work with. He's so kind, and I had such is... a fun time because when me and my dad were recently rewatching the latest season of My Hero. Uh, when the episode oh that he gosh, was in yes. came on, I was like, I was like, hey, by the way, you see that guy right there? I was like, yeah, I know him. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> I know that oh, guy. Hey, um, I know, I that, know guy. that guy. Literally the Leonardo DiCaprio guy. pointing at the screen meme. The like, hey, hey, I know him. I know him. Yes. <laughs> he really cool. Oh. He really nice. <laughs> All right. Yes. And then we got Jesse, who's also just another huge little sweetheart of the oh, cast. Yeah. She play oh sorry, I forgot to mention who Belle plays. Belle plays Claude uh, within the second round of casting that we did. Um I'm very excited to do some recording sessions with him. Oh, I can't wait for scenes with him. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and then you won't know why, but NDAs <laughs> are great. Um <laughs> they are. All right, and then we have oh, Jesse yeah. who voices our amazing little um sadly passed on Caitlin. Yeah. Forever in our hearts. She mm. has done such an amazing job with her lines so far and I I I couldn't ask for a She's the only part. one aside from I guess technically me that we've seen like um cuz we've already done like a little bit of test uh editing for with screen um was it like storyboards of like the mm -hmm. first scene with Caitlin? And I just remember hearing her lines and like, my God, she's just a, such a phenomenal job. Such a she great just, job. She has such a genuine delivery to everything. And she brings so much life to a character who is dead the entire series. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, that's the, the best thing ever. <laughs> and then we're going to move on to John, who plays our uh, main main character uh patrick saner which is does it does get confusing but oh yeah no we make it a lot gets of very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute so john plays patrick but patrick plays mason what what yes. it's so funny because i remember when we first got them in the server and we were like oh man it's so weird that we have you know patrick plays mason and then john plays patrick and then they both get in the in the in the vc is like oh hey john hey patrick you two know each other <laughs> you two know each other <laughs> you guys are friends, friends for like Oh, a very long time like oh, yeah. everybody friends best friends. like it's one Years. of the things i'm like, super excited really? for is having them having them do scenes together because like i know they have great chemistry as people already they really do yeah, yeah. they do they, they're I've phenomenal calls with them so many so many times and the chemistry is just so genuine they yeah. are serious so, they are that's so what i can great. say for most people that i know in the community like oh, yeah. a lot of us are just friends like um like for most of us like for us in particular like i know um even though, like, 
I'm not going to be that guy and say, oh man, even though I'm not in the cast. But I mean, we just have like a really good chemistry, even though like we're just talking and we're just geeking out about stuff. Mm -hmm. um, is This is something that's like super important and you really want that yes. um, authenticity and that friendship to just, I will say that um, having people who are genuinely passionate and just really wants this project to just succeed and just establishing yeah. great relationships, because who knows? It can lead to more opportunities down the line. Like, yeah. it just, it happens yeah. all the time. Like, look at Bell. He's in, I mean, like, he's on My Hero Academia for, for crying out loud. And then yeah, other folks that have been in anime, so. He's mm -hmm. been, I mean, Patrick was recently in an anime, too. I mean, it's just, they, they've yeah. all been, it's one of the nice things, I think, about the VO world is that you'll go further if you're an actual good person and you're really good at making, yeah. <laughs> like, friendly connections with people, like, the further you go into it, I feel like the nicer people get because like even like VAs that I've seen in like interviews and stuff, like everybody just seems so nice. Like, yeah, and every like more professional VA that I've met has been like a really genuinely kind person. Mm -hmm. That's pretty one much thing, how it is. Yeah. One thing I'd like to bring up about John is that when we were listening to the first round of auditions, <clears throat> I listened to his voice for Patrick and it was like that I that I don't want to listen to anything right else that i want him to voice patrick that's a, mm. that is yeah like it's we a really rare moment for something like that to happen but for it to happen to a main character just like that that's exactly what i wanted in the yeah. character for patrick and I that was is so the happy. voice i was imagining in my head yes it's like and, we had a yeah. lot of we've had a lot of fun uh stories i think from casting like i remember telling bell how hard casting claude was oh my because it was God. between like it was it, it like we had to do like multiple rounds of listening to every audition and then just kind of like eliminating people point by point and it came down to him and one other person who i won't say the name of um but it was down to him and one other actor and we were spent we spent like 30 solid minutes debating between the two of them and it was like because they're both so good but for such different reasons mm -hmm. and it became a matter of like which elements do we really value more about the character and how do we want to present him mm -hmm. yeah. and eventually we went bell and i i do not regret it at all because i think Bell is perfect y'all um, made some pretty good like casting like you got a pretty solid cast so i can't even yeah. imagine how hard it was mm -hmm. you know finding just the best actors for these roles like you guys made some really great choices. But... We also got really lucky. We also, yeah, yeah. we also got like super freaking lucky. <laughs> like, I swear, I think that because our original casting call was on Casting Call Club, and I think it was like it one was. of the last, it was one of the last um, casting call uh, submissions that people like Patrick and John actually did. They actually moved away from that site shortly yeah. after they got mm -hmm. cast in our project. It was like, we if we had if we had done that casting call a few months later we probably wouldn't have gotten them yeah and there's also the fact yeah. that like uh buford from casting call club actually emailed me saying hey do you need any help with this casting call because we, that's how many auditions we had yeah it's like, like it was that big to the, it was like almost 550 almost 600 cat people auditioning it was so hard yeah. to go through all of them but oh my god i'm so glad it was we a nightmare picked everything and we're gonna move on to kate to katie um who plays polly she who was cast in the second round of casting she and, was an easy oh, one to cast she was yes it was very easy because like she was she, great she she's phenomenal she was just above on in my personal opinion she was just above and it out was there. sort of the moment that you had with 
uh, Patrick for me, where I remember hearing yeah. her audition and going, okay, that. that like we're gonna go, we're gonna listen to everybody, but my vote's on her right now. I think she's yeah. great. And then we met her and she's actually like really nice too. And she's super sweet, super kind. Very, very and, nice. Yes. And then we have um Patrick, who we've already said a good amount about. Um, and then obviously we have Caden, who is also a voice actor on the team. <laughs> I voice the monster. You voice the monster. <laughs> Say that and... in a goofy voice. <laughs> and then we have Aaron Roselli voicing um Selena, who uh is just an absolute sweetheart. Recording sessions with her are like so fun. Yeah. It was I <laughs> I remember because she had her camera on during while we were while we were um doing voice while we were doing live direction and she has to go off to the side so she can go to her mic that's like on the opposite side where where her camera is and I found that so cute how she had to go back and forth okay let me do the line (laughs) (laughs) and you hear it way closer when she goes away Ah. so it's like it's like you hear this kind of audio but while she's over here you know? uh, <laughs> it's beautiful gotta make it work somehow yes yeah it, i remember that I, I think i actually remember that recording session it was mm-hmm. really fun it but, was super yeah. fun. yeah and then we also have um gina maya and nico as um, a few extras in the first oh yeah as well nico yeah. has always been a blast to work with gina nico's a bro is, he's a bro he's absolutely yeah. bro he's a he's a homie He's a G. He's he's great. He's great. Gina is once again an also an absolute sweetheart. Oh yeah, she is. I wish I could I wish I could have given these people more lines because of how fun it was to work with them in the first place. It was one of those things where it's the same thing we said about uh Caitlin, where I remember where we talked about when we uh we first heard like the we saw her lines in conjunction with the visuals and we're like Okay, how do we get more scenes with her? How do we get more <laughs> like, scenes with Caitlyn? It's like, yeah. like the, the, the writer part of you is like, okay, I kind of want to do more with this character now because she's really good. Yes. Like the actress is just just so wonderful. Yeah, and um, one man. thing I'd like to say about Maya specifically when it comes to our extras is that, fun fact, Checkmate is the first project that she's ever been cast in. Really? Yes. And that's like that's like so cool to be someone's first ever project and it's just such an amazing feeling. Yeah. Uh, from a director yeah. standpoint of things. And when she told me that I was like genuinely shocked and I'm like seriously you haven't been in other work before? You're great. And she's like, "Nope, this is my first one." And I'm like, "Whoa. People are missing yeah. out on you, dude." Yeah. <laughs> well, like just just cast them in more projects, please. Like Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I hope that just... I genuinely hope that like every like it's one of those I genuinely hope that everybody in this project has tons of success and a lot of success and a lot of them already are. Yes. You know, a lot of them are already very successful. You just hope you want it to them to have like more like uh, opportunities coming their way. Yeah. The yes, yeah. of course. I could definitely see it. Um, you know, it's fun. Whereas like uh, I know there's like posts on Twitter where it's like you meet this actor who's like really nice, but then the character they play or like they do like a monster and it's just really just vile and disgusting and it's incredibly yeah. it's just rough and then um literally and without skipping a beat they do their line and it's like um so um how is that take and then they have the biggest <laughs> smile on their face it's like um, hey i'm gonna be mean i'm gonna be ah! and then next and then next second hey, was that take good that's that's how it feels to record with Caden. <laughs> we have had that's so many hilarious. One of my favorite moments when recording the first episode was there's a moment at the end of it 
the the creature only shows up for like the beginning and the end of the first episode but mm-hmm. there's a moment at the end where we were like we're, we, i want to have him laugh here like this maniacal laugh and vex was like okay just 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 go for it and i did this crazy over the top laugh and i mean like okay so how was that and vex was just that was terrifying <laughs> Was it like a Joker laugh, like or it what? Sounded kind of like the Green Goblin, actually. I, I think it was yeah. more Green oh. Goblin than Joker. So um, which Green Goblin? Like Defoe, like like that crazy. Okay, Defoe yeah. Laugh. Green Goblin with just an absolute insane cackle. It was cra- It was a nut, and it was the first time I'd ever laughed in the voice that I do for the character because, like, I don't know if I've. Um, I haven't done it in the recordings. I I, I could I can demo the voice if you want. Um, Please do. Uh, yeah. The monster sounds like this when it speaks. So trying to laugh as this is it's a little tricky. Um, and it ended up being this just crazy, um, like psychotic sounding laugh. And as soon as I did it, I was like, "So how was that?" And <laughs> it literally like took me like a good five seconds to respond i was just like to like get yourself great. together like uh oh, okay you did such a good job dated i should i should probably tell this um so i was in a project where like um the voice that you were doing um it's kind of like it's like the voice that i did kind of sounds similar to what you did but it's like less like kind of the I mean, it's kind of more throaty, but it's kind of like more like a Dr. Clog type of voice. Um, and I did it for this one project. And then literally by um, now, the trick was I can only do it for like 20 minutes at a time before it starts, you know, to get tired. But um, yeah. let's mm-hmm. see, since I'm still recovering, let me see if I could tr- do a sample. Like um, it kind of sounded like this, like oh, it's really yeah. growly like this. <laughs> Yeah. so it's kind of like this like yeah. yeah so it we sounds had, we had a lot of debate over the the monster voice i remember initially where we we talked about having more in that kind of that that lower kind of monster yeah and then we found out the, then we found it was sounding too much like venom and as much as yeah. we love the spider verse no yeah <laughs> and then the other monster voice hey. that i did was like um it's kind of like self of Dragon Ball Z. That's actually what the current monster voice started as. It was yes. actually like when I first started doing it, it was my, I mentioned in like the first part about how one of my first um, things in voice acting was trying to do impressions of Dragon Ball Z abridged characters. And yeah. this voice started as a, as an impression of Imperfect Cell from Dragon Ball Z abridged. And... You've talked out of one one. Yep. Oh yeah, he's great. He does such <laughs> great work. Yeah, all of them do from Team Four they Star. All, they're amazing. Yeah, one of these. Di- <clears throat> and you know what's really fun? Like a little voiceover thing is like um, when you create a character. Like um, I know that not a lot of people talk about this, but if you do like a bad impersonation of a character, like say a celebrity or a pre-existing character, then you could tweak it a bit and you could make a new character. Um, yeah. I think for an audition. Um, I kind of was pretty much like part of what makes it fine is that like, okay, so you get to, um, so you look at the character in the description and then you just kind of do what the specs say. So you just kind of give them what they 
might be looking for, but then you can also turn around and then just do something that they're not really expecting. Like, um, let's see. Uh, like, I know for one character, I was basically doing an impersonation of like, and I was watching just a lot of, I don't know, have you guys heard of this actor named uh, Paul Lind by any chance? The name sounds familiar. It does sound familiar, but I'm not, it's not ringing too many bells. Yeah, so Paul Lind, um, well, Paul Lind kind of had this distinct way of speaking, like, oh my gosh, that dress looks so good on you. So that's what I was doing for an audition recently, where I was doing this sort of Paul Lind campy type of voice. And mm. that was just kind of like the mannerisms that I was doing. I know it sounds terrible, but um, <laughs> yeah. Or you could just kind of do like... Uh, I don't know, like Skipper from like Madagascar doing those impressions can be fun. Um, but you could just basically base an impersonation off of someone and then um, tweak it around, around a bit. And then boom, you just pretty much stole the voice and just made it your own. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how a lot of voice actors, it's like really that's how they nice. do it. Yeah, it's yeah, really, it's really nice. cool. Like um, for Checkmate, let's kind of bring back over to check me a little bit yeah, yeah um for checkmate when we originally started this project literally all we had for the characters or all we had to start off with was just some some pictures i made in pit crew of what i thought the characters would look like that's literally it we had the original cast of the six sort of main ish characters and then we didn't have any plot points up to what they would be or who they would be we just went based off of these these headshots of these characters and then from yeah. there we created more of a story we and created then, the characters first and then we tried to fit them all into the story but and we had to decide most... like genre even and stuff yes i think it was you who suggested horror in the first yeah, place because i was, was the one who had the idea the initial <laughs> idea for the monster mm -hmm. um, what a fun fact is that claude wasn't almost wasn't a character in the series like whatsoever because yeah. we had this like jock like football star high school student kind of character we going for him but then we couldn't fit him anywhere in the series and then as yeah. soon as we kind of put the pieces together of polly oh wait she was the popular s girl in high school let's try and like kind of go with that kind of route but put put our own like little little spin on it and then we were finally able to like find a little slot for him to go into he's like yep he could fit right there yeah there's a lot of like we've had a lot of moments where we kind of didn't know what exactly what we were doing with story elements or characters and then it kind of clicks and mm -hmm. it's like oh wait a second this is what we should be doing with you mm -hmm. you know we had that with with claude and we've had it with other characters as well i don't want to say too too much yeah um, yeah don't want to give away the surprise <laughs> oh yeah no i wouldn't want to give away the twists yeah. um we have a couple different plot twists planned and oh they're fun um mm -hmm. but i'm so excited to we've had a lot of little moments off. i've had a we've had a few little moments of like hey wait a second this is what we should be doing with this character and we we kind of think oh hey you know this would actually solve a lot of the problems we've been having right now with the story mm -hmm. um and it just makes it just improves everything you know it's 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 a way to describe it is we finally put all the pieces together to where they were supposed to be yeah because we had all of these pieces together just that we couldn't figure out the link between the between them all um <laughs> good one <laughs> we couldn't find out 
the link between all of them so we had to try our best to like put them together as best as possible but once it finally clicked and we were able to be like oh this character should be doing that yeah it was it was a nice discovery we had a really big breakthrough recently with yeah. story wise so we fixed a lot of plot holes yeah. Hopefully, if there we'll are just, any, they're not that noticeable and they don't it, really it's matter. It's one of those things where one of the things that we're doing as writers is trying to like write a timeline of the entire season, mm -hmm. the entire first kind of season of the series, and go, okay, these are the major plot points. This is where every character is going to go. And have like a beat-by-beat -beat skeleton of the story before we really get into Because the only thing that we've completed is the first episode like that script is done that is a mm -hmm. finished script the actors have recorded for it we're going into production um but the rest of the series is like we need to think of like everything that that happens and we want to have it all pre-planned so that um if things need to be changed we can change it and fit it into the the story overall we already have like we already had general beats of like how things would go like mm -hmm. we already know kind of like certain aspects, but like getting the kind of nuts and bolts of it down early is a really good idea in my eyes. Yeah. We have all of our major, major icona stories like going on. We have all the, all the major arcs. They, they have been planned. It's more of just trying to like nitpick all the things that need to go into them. Maneuvering everyone into the right place at the right time. Yes. And making everything believable because saying, oh, this character just decides to go out somewhere and run into it, and that's why they run into another character that they need to have a conversation with. It, it's lazy uh, from a lot of, from a writing perspective. So we need mm -hmm. to have reasons as to why every character is doing everything. Yeah. And also just making it interesting to watch because if the series kind of feels like a checklist of plot points, it's not very interesting. So we come up with a lot of stuff during that of like, hey, what if we have this as kind of a motif for this episode? And we yeah. kind of cut back to it a lot throughout um, as like an A plot and a B plot. And, you know, we think a lot about like story structure and how episodes should be paced and edited. Yeah. So um, it's really good that you're mentioning all of this because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, wait, hold on. Hydration. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of it is good idea, but a lot of it is kind of... <clears throat> That's my writing process in general. So um, for me, um, I'm not gonna speak too much of what I'm currently working on, but um, for me personally, um, I usually write, uh, well, I share ideas with other writers um, just to um, <clears throat> pretty much discuss, like, that's what I do. Like, um, so I get on call with them and then we would just kind of go over like, um, so, okay, so for this plot point, um, how do you think we should um, make this like more, like, because I know that the characters are doing this um, and they do this. So for the story, I like to learn um, because I do, um, it's not like I take any classes for like writing or stuff like that, but it, mm -hmm. there are a lot of books that I take inspiration from. So, and I studied the plot points of how these characters are like, why are the characters like this so how did they get to this point to the next like what's the motivation behind this guy like what is the so it's like asking your questions like um okay so they just get lost somewhere it's like okay how or why so what is yeah. the 
So what events got them into this situation and how could they get themselves out of it? And what's the solution without it coming across too much like, uh, you know, you pulled something out of your butt or what have you. Um, it's just everything with my writing, I like to not have it be like, okay, so just little random and then just slap in some added and any sound effects and then just call it a day. That's not, that's not me. So, um, <laughs> but for the most part, I just like to keep it to the point where it's like, okay, so, um, oh, and then as I was writing this one story and like, God, God, I wish I could just say, you know, some of the important plot elements, but I can't. Oh, because, trust you know, me, we know exactly how you Feel. Feel yeah, there's that. like there's one of the main characters you know their personality is like okay so they don't really talk to people or like they're just kind of you know disclosed and they're kind of they keep things to themselves so um it wasn't until like i was writing like three or four or so that i <laughs> wrote in this very um kind of important you know like scene where it's like okay so we know why that they're like this um and i'm not somebody who usually goes into like um so for this story it doesn't really have like a lot of deep dark mature stuff that goes on like any sensitive topics that might you know um like trigger someone trigger yeah exactly yeah. so um i just wanted to make sure that like okay so this is what happens but um i just don't want to like trigger somebody who has been exposed to like you know this type of stuff and i don't really do um writing like this because most of my writing is usually lighthearted and it's mm -hmm. um you know more comedic quirky stuff but this is kind of different it's mystery yes. it's you know it there is some horror elements kind of similar to checkmate but it's like okay it's a mystery it's like stranger things and scooby-doo kind of mixed and gravity falls just kind of all a three they had a, they had a love child <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so there's children it's one of the i mean they're teenagers it, it's yeah. one of those things about like mixing tones that i think we kind of talk about a lot when we're writing checkmate yeah is, yeah you know you it's okay just you know just because we market ourselves as a a horror series i bumped my mic uh doesn't mean we can't yes. have some comedy bits like i remember um <laughs> I, <laughs> are you thinking of the scene that I'm thinking of? Mm -hmm. uh, we had a scene that I, I talked about between two characters that I, I came up for, with for a much later episode that is like a really serious moment that's like actually supposed to be very heartfelt and then ends on a joke. And, you know, the so, so it, it, I think it's one of the things that knowing how to mix tones well, you're thinking of that. So yeah, much. that's something that I'm learning myself. But um, for your it's project, I'm sorry. Sorry, no. It, when it when it comes to writing stuff like that, and like especially since our hor since our story since our story is mainly horror based, we have to we can't have it just all be dark and edgy the entire time. You gotta find that balance between everything, or else you're just gonna come off as one flat note. You gotta yeah, have some because the other thing is that the the other thing is that I think with horror, especially your audience will get really desensitized to the scares if they're constant. That's why yes. horror movies tend to have a specific structure. Like you look at something like The Conjuring, it isn't scary shit, sorry, uh, all the time. First slip up. Um, <laughs> it isn't the scary stuff all the time though. You know, it, it only, the scary things only really happen when the sun goes down and it's nighttime because that's the spooky atmosphere. So there's the, the kind of predictable structure to it too. Okay, it's getting late. We're about to start seeing some scary stuff. But then they kind of break the mold a little bit with some spooky stuff during the day. And, 
they, it keeps you on your toes. It keeps a kind of a constant lingering tension throughout the film that works really nicely for keeping you on edge and keeping you uh, kind of anticipating the next scare, but also kind of putting your guard down in certain places so that the movie can scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, and with, with Checkmate, I think we have a lot of moments that we've kind of thought up that are like, hey, this is a really good time where you wouldn't expect for something scary to happen, but we could really make it work. Oh, yeah. That sounds... That's pretty much um, one of the thing. That's what I wanted to accomplish with what I'm doing right now. It's um, mixing tones. And then um, on the surface, it may seem like a predictable setup, but um, I really wanted it to feel like, okay, so maybe it can um, catch the viewers off guard when something really scary happens. Like, um, you don't want to me- want to, like want the tone to like clash with one another otherwise it would be kind of sloppy and messy so that's something that i um i want to avoid with what i'm doing so for your project um i kind of wanted to ask like um because i know that it's not like always horror like all the time so for the comedy and stuff like when it comes to writing or maybe you can say in the recording sessions but like um were there times where like you just give the crew like particularly the vas where you just gotta give them, you know, a little bit more freedom to just like add suggestions or ad lib, riff, uh, or just stuff like that. Or is it like most, does it just mostly stick to the script or do you guys just kind of like, you know, have some more creative, like fine, or just have more freedom to do whatever they want um, as long as it doesn't deter too much from the actual story where they ad lib or improv. Yeah, mm-hmm. stuff like that. For me personally, as a director, I like to stay on script as much as possible. That's just <laughs> my own personal preference. But of course, during recording sessions, there are going to be times where you get goofy and you just have fun. And for those, bloopers. I technically count all the yes bloopers. I count oh, yeah. those as bloopers. We have a good, uh, we have a little bit of bloopers that we're very excited to share. Oh yeah, check my blooper reel is going to be real fun. It's going to be great. Yes, we will release the blooper reel. But um, as far as it comes to like ad-libbing and stuff like that, yeah, you could ad-lib like a word or here too. But as long yeah. as it keeps on the same preface and you don't change like too many words personally. For me, I I always love improv. It's great. It's fun. But Very when it comes important. to recording for something like this, I feel like there is a time and place for it. Um, yeah. I'm not trying to be like too much of a stick in the mud here, but... If I wrote it that way, I'd like to try and keep it that way as much as possible. Yeah. But of course, like if changing small words, like like um, you say, oh well, um, like m- mixing up a few words here and there, as long as you still get the same point across, I'm okay yeah. with it personally. I also I, I would say that when it comes to writing the comedic aspects of the series, I think we have a lot of different like we want to keep the the tone of it still very kind of real world. Mm-hmm. So we don't have anything like super cartoonish happening, but there can be little moments of kind of character driven situational comedy, like a character forgetting to leave the, to close the door when coming into their house, mm-hmm. um, which is an actual thing that happens at one point mm-hmm. or um, moments of people being just a little dumb because everybody has those little moments where they're, they're a little, they feel a little stupid and it's, it's yeah. fine. You know, it's, it's one and, of the things that happens. And I think one of the things that's good to mention here is that, if it comes when it comes to writing 
uh it's also situational when it comes to like being able to ad lib more versus not being able to ad lib as much like for a more serious scene I, if i wrote it down i would like for what be to be what was written down yeah. to be said but if it's more of like a comedic turn then yeah of course there's more room for improv there yeah it really yeah. just all depends you, on what scene you're recording at that time yeah if the actor thinks they can think of a funnier punchline for a joke then i'm i'd love to hear it yes like legit definitely. if you can make something hit just a little bit harder uh, in a comedic moment, then like, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all this talk about the, uh, you know, checkmate. So how did the whole project, like, what was the idea and the inspiration behind it in the first place? December 17th of 2019, I was bored. I made some pictures on pit crew of like six characters. And I made an at in Nico server saying, hey, who wants to be in a project with me? I need writers, artists, and VAs. Let's go. Yeah, and I was one of the people who went, hey, I'm a, uh, I'm some of those things. I can join. And we yeah. made a little server. And it is funny because initially we had a lot more people in the server until we kind of realized it had just become kind of a fun hangout place. And we were like, all right, we need to just kind of just snap everyone out of it like Thanos and just just get rid of the majority of people and then make it a more serious space. Mm -hmm. And that server has remained a serious space for, for the time being. But one of the um, things about it was that we really did start from nothing. And we started from like, um, <laughs> okay, here, here are the characters. What kind of story do we want? How old are they? You know, what kind of story do we want to tell? And we eventually settled on college age and horror. And then we started just, nailing out the general beats of characters and story mm -hmm. you know like where it's based like our our current story is based around like 2009 2010 ish that's the time frame that it's in it's in a exactly. small city in the mid town. middle of but frick nowhere out in the middle of just somewhere rural america yes is the, I, did we ever named the town i don't think we ever did no we never named the town we'll I come think up with a might... name someday yeah i got one you could just say it's in the middle of nowhere. Suck, suck. I don't know. Something like Courage the Cowardly Dog or something. <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. That's not the name I, I would come up with. <laughs> but I'm just saying. We come up with like a spoof of Gravity Falls. Like <laughs> the theme song starts playing. I love that theme. Uh, I love yeah, that theme it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that oh, show. It's it. so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, but, I think that's one show that we could cite as inspiration. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there are definitely oh, elements of Gravity so much Falls. Inspiration. We got inspiration from Doctor Who, from H.P. Yeah. Um, Lovecraft. We've got... What's the good bits of Lovecraft? The good bits of Lovecraft. <laughs> not the horrible parts, because he was not a good person. No, he was um, too... From his too work, thrilled. not him as a person. Yeah, his work was cool. Him as a person, he was kind of a nutcat in that job. He was... yeah. A very hateful um, person. We got Not inspiration. Too familiar with those. Yeah. Inspiration from Gravity Falls. Inspiration mm -hmm. from like our our inspiration from Gravity Falls mainly falls within our um, art style more than anything. I kind of like. I can like, definitely I see that. Yeah, I, I think there's totally elements of Gravity that. Falls in the in the art, but I also kind of think that there are certain elements with certain characters that could be a little bit Gravity Falls esque. Um, yeah. Ah, they know what I'm talking about. Look at that. Look at that smile. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. 
You know... I know what you're talking about, but I can't say anything. NDAs are fun. NDAs are great. Yeah. Um, but but I think the other one, uh, I think uh, Doctor Who is a big inspiration. What There is a Doctor Who monster that helped inspire the monster in this show. And there are some differences, but I, I won't say which one. Um, yeah, but yeah, though, there's a little it's... bit of Doctor Who in there. And middle school me is quaking. <laughs> I'll get my sonic <laughs> screwdriver. Uh, it's up there somewhere. You can see it in the shot. I do see it. Yeah, it's up in the top. She's trying to see it. Yeah. Is that Eleven's? Yes, that's uh, Matt Smith's. Yeah. Um, Hello, I am a nerd. (laughs) I also have a Dalek and a Weeping Angel and one of the Silence, but the Silence has his arm broken off because it fell off my shelf. Oh, no. No. Wonder if it'll grow back. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that species actually could regrow limbs. They kind of look like the sort that would just kind of just like the just, limb would just kind of come yeah, back right. out. Yeah. The tiny 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 Dalek. Tiny. Very dusty. <laughs> I I just saw all the dust particles fly. Yeah, I can just see. <laughs> he has yeah. not. He has not exterminated anyone in a long time. You can just see the He's dust flying condition. everywhere. It's so, funny because I've been rewatching Doctor Who, and I just finished an episode, the uh, end of the first season, with an army of Daleks and the Dalek Emperor, and that's when Chris Eccleston left the show. Mm. It's a fun yeah. one. Big years. Yeah. Ago. So, um, for the last part, we're going to be doing one more part where we're going to be closing, since we do have like 20 minutes left, we'll be closing, just give our little closing thoughts, and then just last, I guess, tips of advice and stuff. And uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun, and we shall conclude this episode and part three. So stay tuned for next time. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you in part three, folks. We'll see you then. Bye. Hell yeah. I hope the first part of the recording wasn't just me saying, Peter, hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, welcome back, hey, everyone. Hey. We're all, we just turned into Patrick Warburton now. But anyway, Warburton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enough impressions. Let's finish this. Um. So, yeah. How would you say that good, like, like really strong storytelling can help create a better product because i know you've given a lot of solid advice so far with the writing process so yeah i just want to do here how would you say that yeah and also collaborations like Mm. collaborating a good storytelling can help make a very successful product or project really Mm -hmm. i can't talk Um, words yeah i will say i will say probably one of the best things that we have that i don't think a lot of other uh, writers do is they have a clean pair of eyes we have a team on checkmate that is literally there just to read what Caden and I have wrote without any of the context of the work project or the work that went behind creating it in the first place it's just so so they don't necessarily they, they know of the story of course but they, what they do is we hand them over the timeline or the uh, script that we have currently made, and then they read over it, they look over it, 
and then they ask us a bunch of questions for us to clarify. And yeah, if they're it's our safety too, net. They're our safety net. It's basically like it's like how Disney has like those exclusive showings of movies before they screen actually tests, re- yeah. yeah, screen tests, basically. That's not just Disney. That's that's every movie studio does that. True. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I I only know Disney because I watched the Frozen thing on Disney Plus or whatever. Um, but yes, it's basically that's what we do when we're even in the writing process. That's what we do because we want to make sure we have that fresh pair of eyes because Caden and I work on this thing like for hours on end. And yeah. then we kind of get blindsided. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we understand everything. But do we know if anyone else understands everything? Yeah, it's good to kind of have exactly. a, a second a second opinion. Well, the other thing I was going to say is that when it comes to the idea of how does really good storytelling, I think. um benefit uh the project i think the biggest one is is characters and um you know the more you're the more real your characters feel the more likely people are to get attached to them and if they're attached to the characters then they'll be more invested in the story and it, it helps also create kind of a fandom element of the more people care about these characters the more they'll be inspired to tell other people about it to make fan art to um you know, make things based on on their enjoyment of our characters and, you know, to headcanon things and um, to just, you know, spread the project and spread the work around. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of a huge part of it is that, you know, we want people to enjoy this and enjoy the characters as well as just to be, you know, watch it and get scared. Because it's, mm-hmm. I don't think we're really trying to be the next, like, don't hug me, I'm scared, or the next salad fingers, where it's something that, like, uh, middle schoolers will pass around and say, oh, my God, watch this, it's so terrifying. And we want people to, to pass around and say, hey, this is a really good, a really good story. I really love these characters. I want you to, I want to share it with you, you know? It's, it's, what, it's, it's what I like to, my personal thing when it comes to advertising this series, I'll bring this up because it kind of relates with the characters. It's the fact that having something request or or suggested to you suggested to you as word uh, from word to word instead of advertisement to eyes is it's a lot better when you it's like when you live in a small town and there's a really nice restaurant that just popped up they don't have much advertising via like on online or anything like that but it's also mouth to mouth like hey look uh this my my neighbor just talked to me about told me about this really good restaurant i want to go see it go ahead caden um it's it's Tony O's. Um, that's a JoJo joke. Um, <laughs> for anybody who's watched part four. But yeah, um, when it comes to good characters like that, you're going to have people who relate to them. And then you're going to have people who talk about these characters to other people. And then yeah. therefore the word spreads even more. Because... It's word of mouth. It's the idea of people going, oh, my God, you know, I really love Jenna. Uh, can uh, you know, let, let me show her off to everybody and talk about, oh, my God, I love this character. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's how a lot of people I remember that's how I got into a lot of different shows like, um, yeah, I watched Spy Family because I saw so much art of your and I was like, oh, she, she looks cool. Let's let's watch this show. <laughs> and, and then or, I... or the way that I got into uh, my hero back there was an I old can't... mutual, an old mutual of mine who made a thread about it on on Twitter and said, like, oh, hey, here's this here's this cool show I've been watching. Um, and he kind of gave like a little bit of a thing on like what it was about a different character. And he was like, okay, you know, here's who I like, here's who I don't. And then a friend of mine started watching it, my best friend. And then I started watching it. And it was like, that's just kind of how it wasn't, you know, because I saw a commercial for it. 
or something like that. It was because people who I was friends with were like, hey, this is a cool thing that's worth watching. Mm-hmm. You know, I think fandom is a great way to spread a series around. And it's a great way to, um, you know, the more people are invested, the more people will kind of, you know, sh- talk about the series. And, you know, I think that's the real bit, big advantage is that the better your story is, the more likely you are really gaining an actual audience for it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what happened with Checkmate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, yeah. yeah sorry. The oh, yeah. No. I was going to say the audience we have are really people who, you know, hurt, are fans of us and just kind of went, hey, you know, I'll support what, what you guys are doing and who are kind of interested to see where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I hope that really expands one day. Yeah. Um, I would really like to possibly get a, your view base because it's mainly because we work so hard on this Uh, i'd like for people to see it and appreciate it it's nice to have an audience you know it's nice that you it's nice to feel like you're not telling your story into the the infinite black chasm of the internet yeah or it's like it will simply be swallowed up and reconsumed by by other forms of content um Mm -hmm. yeah Consume the content. Consume content. Consume get that content. YouTube algorithm. Yeah. It's consume yeah. content, then thank them, and then get ready for new content. Yes, yeah. we must get ready for the TikTok crowd. Ah, uh. <laughs> uh, God. But uh, yeah, so where do you see the... I was going to ask, where do you see the future? Where does it all... What are some exciting like possibilities that we can expect to see from the project without... Of course, tell it too much info, but where do you see the future for Checkmate and everything surrounding? Like, just pretty much everything with your career. Is it just the future in general? Mm-hmm. Really? Uh, Kaden and I fantasize about this kind of stuff all the time. We literally just yeah. talked about it last night. I'm not You're kidding. Like, oh, man, I wonder what Before we did this. like if we wow. had a big fandom. Like, if we had, like, a real, like, fandom fandom. Like, I yeah. wonder like what... Like, a boss or has been... Yeah, like that, where it's like uh, you kind of wonder like who would be, who would be, sh- which characters are going to get shipped together, you know, which are going to oh, be like the boy. forbidden ship, where it's like, you know, <laughs> oh, you ship these two characters, no, bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun fantasizing about that that kind of stuff, but realistically, we kind of hope that Checkmate will just keep on pushing us forward to make more original stories like this. Like I yeah. have recently found a deep love for directing and being an organizer of a project finally stepping into the role of some things like there's a side project i'm working on right now that i won't mention that it's been very fun for me just like actually editing the episodes and um voicing the characters directing all the vas making sure all the sound effects sound great i've been having so much fun with that recently and actually being the organizer of a project all on my own not entirely it's, on your own. Not entirely all on my own, but like, yeah. y- you know, like one of the head, one of the head one, honchos. One of, one, of the, one of the people. One of the head honchos. I, I'm sorry, my mistake there. Yeah. Um, but being a, on head of a project is finally teaching me, this is what I want to do. I want to be a director. I want to be a script writer. I want to be an editor. I, I want to do all of these things that you want to make are in the stories. creative process. I want to yeah. tell the story. And I think that like, like for me, at least like one of the cool things about it is that I got kind of burnt out on voice acting for a little while at, at a point because yeah, of um, certain things, certain reasons. Um, 
And one of the nice things about doing things like that side project or about doing Checkmate is that it really helps me kind of go, oh, yeah, this is why I want to be a voice actor. Because being behind the mic and bringing a character to life, whether it's somebody kind of silly or whether it's something terrifying, can be really fun. And I love doing it. And I love working on this stuff. And I love kind of... Um, I, I, lo I love getting to kind of speak as another person. I think that's a really interesting experience. Yeah. It's, Especially it's... when that person isn't a person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's become my it... typecast. It's just monsters. <laughs> We're trying to get you out of it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the what spirit. the side project's for. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I play a monster in that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you also. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. He might be a bit of a monster too. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all of the characters we play are monsters. I mean, yeah. Let's not kid yeah. ourselves here. Don't let's not fool ourselves. You know? Well, even but yeah. In, even in Checkmate, so, I think I'm going to have a little bit of time to not be a whole monster mm -hmm. because there there are other small parts that need to be filled with voices, and you know. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm kind of just excited for where. I don't know exactly where Chuck Wade is going to lead us. But That's I, the exciting part, I think. I know. But my mm -hmm. ideal way of where Checkmate would lead us, it would be to creating a studio called Studio Nephilim. That's the that's the name. That's the goal. That's the um that's the studio that um a few me, Kate and it, like two, three other people run. Uh are, yeah. or at least are creating to run and Yeah, that's where Checkmate's going to be posted, actually. Yes. Uh, and I'm excited to hopefully have that become what a great place for original content creators to be like, hey, reach out to us. Yeah, and have I think it could be a, a really beautiful way to do it, because if we ever did become really successful, we could always host people who are like, hey, I want a place for my project. You know, I have this this passion project we're working on and it needs a home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, we have an audience. Maybe we can help you. Mm -hmm. That's a cool idea. And I, I, it's it's that kind of like, it's almost like Devolver Digital, um, who are a, a publishing company who publish indie games. They, they, they pick up like small independent games and fund them. And they're really cool. I love a lot of the stuff they make. I mean, mm -hmm. if anybody's played would... Carrion, that game's awesome. <laughs> um, I would love to be that person who is able to help other people create their stories because right now it's it is very difficult funding checkmate from our pockets pretty much yeah um i'm doing from, it via my stream yeah. yeah i've been doing it via the tips i earn at work and it's it's difficult especially like when you have to balance like real life bills and um trying to move out on top of it trying to save money for trips all that kind of stuff it's not an easy job i'm gonna tell everyone right now it's not an easy job to fund it's, a project all by yourself yeah it's one not of the, the all by yourself but in a the harshest group. parts of it is like the editing and the money side of it because it's like yes. okay we need to pay every artist we need to pay every voice actor we need to and it's always more than a little more than you think it is because like you know everybody's getting you know the fairest compensation we can give them mm -hmm. and the thing is with it is that like when you're doing um when you're doing work like this and we have so many artists working on it it's like everybody needs to get paid and we we don't want to sh short anyone and we're not going to and mm -hmm. we're going to try and pay everybody 
the amount that they deserve for their fantastic work and that it can it can hit your wallet where it hurts yes. it really can definitely so, it's why I've been doing like incentives on my stream where I'll be like, Hey, if we hit a certain uh, donation mile, um, we'll show off some new art of our characters uh, on the checkmate Twitter account, which is at checkmate underscore TGOL. Um, shameless plug. <laughs> Had to sneak that in there. Sorry about that. Had to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, it, we, we are trying to get it. Like I have the unique advantage of, I still live with my family. I don't, um have to, I don't have a car or anything to pay bills with. Um I don't even have a driver's license. I don't drive. Like oh. I walk everywhere. My calves are insane. Um <laughs> <laughs> prepare for Disneyland, my friend. Oh, don't worry. Prepared. Um but you know, it's one of the things that, you know, if you really do want to get, you know, we could try, I think, and you know. We, we, we joked about this getting picked up by a big company at one point. Like, we've made the comments about, oh, you know, after like Vivzy Pop got picked up by A24, we made jokes about, oh man, imagine if we got picked up by A24 or by Netflix or by something like that. It's like, first of all, I'd never want to work with Netflix personally because they just cancel everything because they don't advertise. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those things where like, we'd only really want to do that if we could retain full creative control. Yeah, because what's the point if we're going to have some studio suits breathing down our necks and going, OK, no, that's too bloody. You can't show that. Uh, uh, no, you can't have that. You know, you can't have these two characters get together. Um, it's like it, it when that video of, of Alex Hirsch um, exposing emails between him and Disney executives. Oh, my God. That scared me a lot when it came to the thought of possibly like working with a big big company i i, so I think my favorite one of that when they were talking they 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 said like i don't want we don't want anybody to think that the two cops in gravity falls are gay and he was his response was like they're just friends really good friends and everyone very just kind of knows friends. those guys are gay they yes. are in love they are very clearly gay my um, my personal favorite from that one from that video was um uh spinning bottles is not tsa approved can you send them to or uh, bottles will be spun that was a, a sentence on a poster for about like two seconds in the entire episode and he said um okay then change it to have it say what not tsa approved and then on the actual flyer in the episode it got uh, approved TSA approved the phrase TSA not approved. Not TSA approved on the poster. Man, there was like, like, oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, Hers that's, that's, is, just, is just hysterical. I think his work is so damn funny. He, is. he, has, so, I, he has so many lines in Gravity Falls that I just think are absolutely hilarious. Mm -hmm. yeah. Rules of the road, prepare to be ignored. <laughs> so many memeable quotes, too. Oh, um, so I remember so. there is a yeah, I was. I remember there's like a whole thing with Donna Terrace, the creator of Owl House, and their battle with Disney is. Ooh, that's not my can. Yeah, uh, that's a whole different can of worms altogether. Yeah, so. let's not get into that today. But oh, yeah. the reason the reason why I brought that up though is because yeah. that's just a genuine fear I have. If I were, if we were to work with such a big, with company, a big company like that, yeah, yeah, because it's like, like, why would we want? people who have no creative interest or no drive to tell a good story interfering with our story 
Like, yeah. it's a bunch of people who care about making money and not about telling a good story. And mm-hmm. we care about the story more than we care about the money. Yeah, like, yeah. there is money involved for funding, but the main focus is like, you guys have a story to share and yeah. you um, are just really passionate about this stuff and letting your creative artistry just be, just let it be seen for the world to see, I suppose. Yeah. And but one yeah. of the things that's, that's nice about it about self-funding at least is that we don't have that worry you know we have the thought of like oh you know if we're putting this up on youtube it's like we can't be too graphic with stuff yeah obviously we need to censor ourselves a little bit because we can't go full out like we would like to but there's obviously something we can still do my horror aficionado body horror crazy um insanity can't quite um it's not youtube friendly it's not youtube friendly. it's not made for you, you gotta make it, yeah, you just gotta market as bait, just make it for kids. That's gonna oh, yeah, definitely that, bring it to viewers. That's one that we're never gonna be able to do. I don't think this show will ever be safe for children. Yeah, oh, don't worry, oh, I mark no. all of my videos as not made for kids. Yeah, all my videos are yeah. marked not made for kids, and I barely upload. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> but like, Except when I do stuff like this. One of the nice like things this. about it is that we know what we can and can't show. And the other thing is that since it's an animation, you know, I think it's a lot stricter with live action stuff. Like, you obviously can't show like live action gore on YouTube. But in animation, especially with the kind of rounded art style that we have, we can get away with somebody getting um, injured or, or or hurt in a really bad way or killed or something. I mean, hell, look at, look, look at hell of a boss. Like yeah. that, that, got, that, that show has some blood. So like, I'm kind of personally, I'm using hell of a boss as a reference of to how far we can go with gore and blood, because there will be blood, bo- Glud. 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 It's going to be a lot blood of blood guts. in it. Blood and guts. Glud and that... butt. <laughs> blood and butts. <laughs> Let's hope not at the same time. Uh, yeah. If we're going to have blood and butts, we should have them in separate scenes. I don't want to see a bloody butt. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that so would be that would be terrible. So yeah, essentially <laughs> all of the basically everything that you just said that would kind of be how you would want your <laughs> that would kind of Sorry. Jeez, i can't even ask my question but i was just gonna ask that would be how you would want your legacy to be left essentially yeah you, know, mm-hmm. you, you don't want it to be like i don't want to be known as like a super envelope pushing gory kind of thing because that's not a really that scary you know I think for me, at least, we kind of go with like this this element of like what really scares, like what are concepts that are literally just terrifying. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the things about it is that's why I think a lot of the horror in the series is going to binge a lot more towards uh, psychological horror mm-hmm. and yeah. some because the, you know, the idea of a, a creature that can kind of mess with your mind a lot more than it'll mess with your body is, I think, a lot scarier. Then, yes. yeah, I think it's a lot creepier the idea that, oh, yeah, it's huge and it's scary, but it's not trying to rip you apart. It's just trying to mess with your brain. Yeah. So, what are some fun <laughs> facts or trivia? Like, what are some interesting little fun facts that you'd like to share with the audience up here? Ooh. Hmm. Without revealing too much, obviously. Um, here's a fun one. Uh, I kind of already mentioned it before in like the earlier part, but Claude was 
a um the quarterback of the football team in his high school. That's yeah. a fun fact. Now he's a little yeah. down on his luck. Mm-hmm. Now he's a little yeah. down on his luck. He's a little sad. Well, a little sad. A little sad. Um, but okay. Um, some is. Are you talking fun facts about the series itself, or about the creation of the series, or could it be either or? It could just be either or. Hmm. Um, I could say one thing about our monster. Oh, okay. Uh, it recently got a bit of a facelift. Uh, we changed the look a little bit. But one of the things that... Um, oh, yeah, no, it's, it looks terrifying. But the interesting little fun fact about it is that we did decide it... It's something that it will reveal at one point in the series is that it is capable of changing its appearance and looking however it wants. So when you get a look at it, it chose to look like that. It actively made the decision of, I'm going to look like this. Um, yes. And when you get to see what it looks like, it is unsightly terrifying. I think it re really looks great. I think um, it's disgusting. I think it's terrifying and beautiful. Um, <laughs> my my beautiful it. creation. <laughs> yeah, I'll take your word for it. But um, so for the characters, did you base any of them? Because it's true, we're like with writing. I know that some of the characters are partially based on yourself. So is it true for any of the characters for Checkmate? based on certain like facets of your personality into them? There are some parts of the characters that we have similar. I wouldn't say necessarily we put them in there purposefully, but there are definitely parts of the characters that I can relate to on a, a personal Relatability, level. Yeah. 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 Like, like for me personally, I can relate to Patrick's analytical side a lot. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a very smart yeah. analysis-based, kind of logic-based person. Talking about characters we relate to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Personally, I can relate a lot to uh, Mason's anxiety and all of his like inner thoughts. Sometimes that's very that's very real. <laughs> it's very real for everyone. I feel like personally, my own little like I guess headcanon for future is like I feel like people are gonna relate to Mason a lot because of all the stuff that he's gonna go through. I hope for your sake you don't everyone at home jesus christ <laughs> okay they're gonna relate to the emotions that he feels not the situations that he <laughs> i feels. certainly hope not <laughs> i certainly hope it's not the situations <laughs> oh, oh you're dealing God. with an eldritch horror holy crap like <laughs> hashtag but, relatable hashtag relatable super they say that my character's relatable that's effed up <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Uh, any last piece of advice that you have for anybody out there who wants to create their own little series? Any last, it could just be any piece oh. of advice that you have before we close. Make sure you love what you're doing. That's a good because one. Because if you don't, it's not gonna go anywhere. It's gonna suck. When I, I made, I, I was making projects all the way back in like freshman year of high school that went nowhere and i didn't love what i was doing back then like those stories ideas they were cool they were fun but i didn't love what i was doing and they all fell through the cracks and i feel bad for that impression that i've left on those people because now i won't be able to work with them again because i let them down originally with those first few projects and it was 
awful it's it's awful looking back on that kind of stuff because i i feel bad for for letting them down and just not being able to be there for them as uh as a director but now that like i finally stepped into the position of directing it's make sure you love it or else it's gonna crumble you can't just push it onto somebody else i've learned that now you can't just rely on somebody else to do everything for you you gotta step in and do what you like because if you don't it's gonna fall apart it's gonna fall apart i have a, a bit of weird advice if you want to hear i have like the the my two bits of writing advice since i i think like that's kind of probably my biggest part in this right now is writing mm -hmm. um the two bits of writing advice i would say is know where your story is the beginning and middle of an end of your story before you start really writing scripts like know where you want things to go and the other thing is, if you're going to take inspiration from stuff, don't just look at material and writing that you think is really good. Look at writing that you think is really bad and try and understand the pitfalls that your stories can fall into. Like there's a lot of um, material. I won't talk about like shows that I just absolutely think are terrible. Um, we'll be here the, forever. Yeah, we will. Oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, somebody brought up Westworld. I can go for hours. Oh my god. Oh boy. Um, but one of the things is is that you don't want to just kind of crib off of things that you think are really well written. You want to look at things that you think really fell apart or really don't work, and think about why doesn't this work, and what are the pitfalls of it, and how did how do I think the writers got to this point. You know, what are the, the corners they painted themselves into and how can I, as a writer, avoid them? Like, you know, one of the you know interesting things you can say about a show like Westworld is that the first season ends with a real, how do you get out of this situation? Because it turns the entire status quo of the series on its head. And then they have the challenge of, of okay, now we need to follow up with this. And they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with it. And you need to kind of understand like, okay, there's a point where stories, especially longer form stories like shows need to end. Like there's a reason Avatar The Last Airbender is three seasons because they had, the, they had a beginning, a middle and a goal. They had a goal of we need to defeat the Fire Lord. And they did that. And the show ended because there's no more story to tell. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the story. It had a, a complete arc for everybody. Dragging it out beyond that point wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. and the creators of it understood that and they ended it and as a result it's considered a really great show same with something like gravity falls you know they had a mystery they solved the mystery they beat the bad guy summer ended you know yeah. it's the hardest thing for a lot of shows to stick is the ending which is why i go with that whole um know where you're going with things know where you're going to end because mm -hmm. There are so I can think of so many shows that went that started really good and then didn't know where they were going and just took a just a left turn off a cliff where it's like this doesn't it stopped working after a while because every story has its lifespan. And that's one of the things that we're very strict on when it comes to checkmate is like we will know when it's going to end. We know where it where we know where it ends. Yeah, we know where the story ends. And we're like, okay, this is the ending. This is where these characters stop. If we want to have other characters 
or other stories within this kind of world, we could. But when a character's arc and narrative is finished, we're not going to drag it out. No, that's one yeah. thing we'll promise to viewers of any kind. Yeah. So that would be that's what you would consider. That's what you classify what you've said. That's pretty much your end goal when it comes to checkmate. Just to clarify, just to keep track of things. That's yeah, the, what will be your end goal for this project. Yeah, yeah to tell a completed story, to have a, yes. a beginning, a middle, and an end, and to be able to say, okay, this is done. People may really want to see, you know, Patrick and Mason and, and Claude and Jenna. They may want to see all those characters again, but it's like they, they're they're just going to they're go done. off and they're, they're done. They're, they're, they're done. They're, their stories are over. And Would... I think part of it is accepting that. Would it would it be fun to see all these characters like after the entire incident? Yeah, it'd be fun. It's so cool like to see what they're what they're gonna do after everything. But sometimes you just gotta leave some things up to the creative mind. And I think one a good example of this is Fiddler on the Roof, um, the musical. If anyone has ever seen the musical Fiddler on the Roof, it has it's a, a very it has a very very questionable ending to a lot of people it ends with the uh citizens of octef uh, um i can't pronounce it uh, octef uh, i think i know i'm pronouncing it wrong but it ends with all of the citizens of that city marching around on stage in a circle as they are leaving their home that they've had for so many years they are leaving because they can't live there anymore because of the war that's going on. So it ends right there and you see all the characters slowly walking off stage and leaving behind their traditions. And that's that's where it ends. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think a really good example of it, the example that I would use personally is a series that I just finished, uh, Breaking Bad and uh, Better Call Saul. You know, some, um, it's no secret that uh, the series ends with the first uh, Breaking Bad ends with the the death of Walter White because, you know, the whole series was building up to it. But one of the things that the creator did at one point that I thought was really brilliant was when they did the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, which takes place after the end of the series. One of the first things you hear is a radio um, coverage of Walter White's uh, when the police found his body and they say, you know, Walter White found dead because years after breaking bad ended there were all these theories about how walter survived and how the they were going to show his trial and how they were going to do all this other stuff and it's like he's dead this character he's is gone. gone he is never coming back and they have brought him back in flashback and stuff for you know moments of fanfare like oh we get to see walter again um which people celebrate even though walter is a terrible person um but it's that moment in El Camino that I think really solidified it to me is the idea that Walter White is gone. He is dead and he is never coming back. The end shot of Breaking Bad that pulls up from his dead body, that is the end of that character's story. And you can see where, and you, you know, we've gotten in recent years things like the ending of Better Call Saul and El Camino that show some of the where the other characters went. And it gives it provides closure to other other story arcs. But I think Vince Gilligan was very clear with this idea that this is where Walter White's story ends. This is where he dies. And there's never going to be a different version. There's never going to be a, a 
resurrection. There's never going to be anything like that. He's gone. That his story is over, and I think that people accepted it. And and after a while, after El Camino especially, and said, you know, okay, he's he's gone, and it's it's fine that he's gone because he had a finished story. Mm-hmm. You know, Gilligan had a story with that character he wanted to tell, and he told it beautifully. And it's over now. Now he gets to go and make people sad with other stories about bald men. Um, I was bald. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, I think the really poignant ability with a strong ending is that, you know, they can be really unforgettable. Uh, a good series yeah. with a great ending will really solidify itself more than a series that was great for a time and then stopped being good. Yeah. So I guess on that note, really powerful advice, by the way. Um, so yeah, time to, you know, hack away and self plug and promote Joe's stuff now, since we're getting to the end of this. <laughs> the best we're, part, the part we're in the end. The promotion. <laughs> yeah, self promotion after like, if what, you skip this part hours. at the end of the podcast, you suck, by the way. You're, You're square. terrible. Don't you. skip this part. This is the best part. Next Shame on you. Yeah, I'll go first. Of course, the reason why we're all here today is Checkmate. So go ahead and make sure to follow the Checkmate Twitter at Checkmate underscore T-G-O-L in all caps on Twitter. You go ahead and follow us there for all updates. We announce when we do fundraising live streams there. We post um, all of the milestone goals from fundraising on there as well, as well as any and all updates on the, ser- on the series that we feel is personal enough to you, as well as some small little hints towards towards future things in the story Um, as well as please make sure to go and view the actual trailer on my personal youtube channel at vex and lynn on youtube it is just checkmate the game of life official trailer please i hope you do enjoy it as we said before we worked very hard we almost lost the entire thing so we worked our butts off my hands have never recovered As well as on my own YouTube channel, I post comic dubs. Um, I'm going to switch more over to more commentary-esque stuff soon, but hopefully we'll be able to get more um, content on there for you in the future, as long as my 50-hour work week stays the same. Yep. And for your Um, own social media? Yep. And as for me, um, I am found on Twitter at CalixVA, K-A-L-L-I-X-V-A. That is the username I use on that. On TikTok, where I post just kind of memes and stuff that I kind of dub over and make into my own little goofy uh, goofy videos. I also live stream on Twitch, same same place. Um, most of the revenue that I make there goes to Checkmate. So um, that's, that's really the only place. I also have a YouTube, but I don't use it. So you oh. can subscribe to it if you want to. You're not going to see much. <laughs> <laughs> I also do have a TikTok and a uh, Twitter, all both Vex and Lynn. Uh, for each one so go ahead and check me on there on tiktok i do more cosplay content on twitter i just rant about whatever's on twitter it's accessible i basically (laughs) just make fun of stupid people on twitter yeah i tweet mostly about like it's it's usually just like good morning tweets memes and just like random tweets about politics where i'll just like tweet about like why is jordan peterson being stupid again stop it stop that (laughs) stop yours well more or less we'll see who cancels who We'll I had to do that. Who. We'll see who cancels. Oh, <laughs> the version with Skeletor is so damn funny. Oh, Kaiser Neko. 
We'll see who cancels who. cancels who. And I guess on that weird note, uh, do you have any last words that you'd like to say to the audience out there? Oh, yeah, I'm going to become a VTuber pretty soon on Twitch, so that's fun. Join for that. Kane's coming. He's coming to the bandwagon of VTubing. Yeah, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. I'm going to try and collaborate with other VTubers and and do do cool stuff and and play Minecraft. Um, I play a lot of Minecraft. And I'm also currently doing like a marathon stream of uh, I've been playing Spider-Man Remastered a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, trying to hundred percent of the game. Oh, God, I don't know if I'll hundred percent it again. <laughs> yeah. So I guess as our little outro, I guess we could just I'll just say I'm Robert and you can say Vexen and you can say Caden and I'll just conclude it with. And this has been the Stasia Square podcast. So let's do this. All right. Hey, yo, this is Robert. This is Vexen. And this is Caden. And you're listening or you're watching the Station Square podcast. And we are officially wrapping up for today. And until then, good night, good day, good afternoon, and I'll see you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. But now we got to tune out. Bye. Bye. Bye.